Today's episode is brought to you by Sports Magic. It's high noon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to High Noon Podcast, the competitive Overwatch podcast. I'm your host, Blevins. With me, as always, is Deathblow. What's up, buddy? Not too much, my man. How are you doing? Oh, you know, fine. <laughs> I know I sound very... Your team's convincing. still alive. Get the, get the energy up. True, true. That is very true. We, we have made it through uh, a round of playoffs, and, and though we did get a loss, we are not out yet and uh, putting up a fight. You know, being being uh being down might be the best thing for uh for NY. But we'll be talking about that in just a little bit here because of course death. Playoff season. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. Oh Jim, we are talking about playoffs because now is actually a an appropriate time, the most appropriate time to be talking about playoffs. Yeah, shut up, Jim Mora. Yeah, idiot. <laughs> Don't tell us you know, back in whatever year you said that uh, to to not talk about the Overwatch League playoffs, the thing that certainly wasn't even a thought in anyone's mind at the time and uh, you certainly didn't know about. I'm sorry, Jim. I take it back. I think you were a great coach. Uh, I, I know uh, very little about you, but I'm sure you're a good guy. Um, <laughs> but let's get on into it. Uh, before we do, though, of course, Blackwatch report stick into it keeping up all the tier two tier three and other overwatch action that is going on I know we are entering the the dwindling days of this season of overwatch league but Blackwatch report is keeping you up to date with everything else that's going on in overwatch make sure you're checking them out on their feed Blackwatch reports everywhere that you can find podcasts Blackwatch report without the O on Twitter because that's how uh, Twitter limits work. And hey, go over there, show, show our boys some love. Listen, it's about to be a really, really rough time for Thorn Rain. We're moving <laughs> into the football season. That True. means the Cleveland Browns have to start playing games True. again. It's going to get rough over there for that man. So head over there and show him some support. Uh, he's he's going to need it coming up in the next few weeks, I think. And and though, and I'm, I'm stealing your thunder here, Death, and though uh, some of their players may like to get crapped on, the team as a whole probably doesn't like to. Hey, listen, all I know is Odell Beckham Jr. is the number two wide receiver on the Cleveland Browns. Oh, dumb Becky Jub Jubs. <laughs> uh, we love you, Thorne, and Kyle, too, although you don't have a football team preference that we like to make fun of on the show. So if you want to tell us who your team is or, you know, whatever sport, we will uh, feel free to uh, uh, rag on you for that. But, Death, anything fun and exciting happened for you over the week? Well, no. Um, <laughs> my. <laughs> To, to go in a, a negative direction, uh, I had funerals and wakes this this weekend, and and for, that's part of why the show was delayed and recorded on uh, on Tuesday inst- instead of Monday. Uh, my grandmother passed away uh, very recently, and so been a little distracted, and I'm trying to keep up with everything, anyways. But um, it's it's been a little tough. 
so um yeah just been it was even literally like the the funeral was today everything like that so um it was it's been a a rough week and a rough couple Mm -hmm. days but um i appreciate the the love and chat already and everything like that so um back to my distraction though um Mm -hmm. we'll we'll just get more into into some overwatch league but as far as anything else i I played some uh valorant uh this weekend and um having trouble getting my boys into overwatch although it's all i'm itching to play but Uh i'm a little bit with them because like i just want to play main tank um (laughs) and you just can't do that right Uh, at the moment so it's 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 a little a little rough out there in the in the overwatch world um there's a lot of people that love it and there's a lot of people frustrated by it so it's a it's a normal meta i suppose yeah it's it's the same as as always yeah but i've been popping off in uh in valorant a little bit um trying to to get the guys together it's it's really tough too especially with a new game because like we always stack up we don't play if we don't have three, four, or five players, yeah. right? Like we're just not going to do it. And stacking just makes your game so much more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, the level of coordination, the likelihood of Smurf squads on the other side, right. or you know, some, something like that, goes up tremendously. But uh, we're holding our own. We're definitely farming some some wins at this point. And yeah, I had a stretch of games where I was like match MVP and three out of four of oh, them nice. or something like that. And yeah, I was, I was doing well. So, um, have been trying to have some fun with that very frustrating game for me, but I'm, I'm still doing it for some reason. Well, and <laughs> speaking of frustrating games, um, one game that we've both been playing has become less frustrating for you as your arch nemesis, the galaxies and team fight tactics are now gone. True. Been p- picking that up again a little bit as well um it's weird it's like when it's a, a strategy game where you know you, you make impactful decisions i enjoy it and when there's galaxies and those decisions are made for you by dice rolls at the beginning of the game then uh, i don't like it that's weird anyways well, i digress it's gone it's gone now <laughs> uh it's it's gone now um for me I, I really didn't do anything of any importance whatsoever uh in the past week so um so you know normal normal week for me <laughs> Um, I'm very but, excited for that to be this upcoming week for me. I'll yes, say that. Yes, yes. Um, so let's move on. And because of the state of Overwatch League right now, uh, we don't have break it down, but we've got plenty of it's tournament talk. Oh boy, death. We have uh let's see, two Four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen, twenty, twenty-two, twenty-three. No, no, no. Okay, some of those haven't played. Twenty-ish matches of Overwatch. I think it was like eighteen. I oh, think, eighteen. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm counting some of the ones that are already populated but haven't happened yet. Yeah. So, like, yeah. almost twenty matches of Overwatch. Happened. So much Overwatch this weekend. So let's. Uh, I mean, Death. We got to start at the top, bud. We do. Uh, Boston Uprising defeating the Houston Outlaws three to one. I know Shrug in chat is has shown up specifically to hear this one. So a lot of people will, will will tune in for this one. <laughs> I mean, like I, I was very vocal about it after the match on Twitter. Yes. Um, it's it, it's very easy to deduce what went wrong in mm-hmm. this game. 
um, and that is a woefully undercoached and unprepared team uh, tried to do something that's never been viable in the history of Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tried to do it at a time when it makes as little sense as humanly possible for their strategy to be effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was purely a coaching failure to me. There's just no two ways around it. They lost to a team that had previously won two games on the season. Yep. Um, that we discussed as potentially being actually worse at Overwatch than the 0-40 Shanghai Dragons from season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we unironically had that conversation. Um, it, they tried to run Farah in a hit scan meta. That that's it. They they treated it like it was a lock and load must pick. Yeah. They spent I don't know how long months months training a dps player to become their main tank and then when they needed their main tank to play a dps favored hero like roadhog they swap in a different dps player to do it (laughs) to free up their main tank player to fly around in the sky and play pharah now if you want to run pharah i have no issue with it being hydration right The, the man was previously like transcendent on the hero like he did things that nobody else was really able to do on mm-hmm. it and, and this was i'm talking back season one if there's yeah, other people you want to say are better fine I'm, this is a, a history lesson not not a, a me trying to like compare people from yeah, yeah. recent recent mm-hmm. times so i have no issues with with hydration being that guy um but the roadhog was perfect for him what we're seeing throughout this tournament is that kind of the best roadhogs for the teams that are using it are the main tank players that adapt into it. Um, there's a, a certain amount of positioning and coordination and a style to this version of roadhog. If you're running him as your main tank, you still kind of need him to operate as your main tank and he mm-hmm. needs to control space and, and hold corners and uh, just absolutely play it much like you would a Reinhardt in a way mm-hmm. uh you know you're playing on your corners and you're using your natural cover because you don't have a shield but you're still kind of in the same position and now we have uh blase coming in and playing it and i thought he did a pretty good job i mean people were talking about how great fusions looked i, I kind of thought blase out performed fusions Mm -hmm. but he did it in a different style that was kind of worse for the team right he was much more flanky he was much more genji player uh found himself on roadhog so our doomfist player is the accurate one right Right. that's what what he plays um and it just didn't quite have the same level of impact but uh, i did think he kind of outperformed fusions i thought he got more value out of the pick than fusions did this fight was lost in the hero select screen uh and apparently their first scrim because in a meta (laughs) game where widowmaker and ash are two of the best dps selections they decided we can run Farah with a 100% pick rate and it's just going to work. And that's, like I said, something that's never once been true in the history of Overwatch. Like even when Widowmaker and McCree and Ash suck, it doesn't work because you have Diva, you have Anna, who were both also mainstays in the lineup for the Boston Uprising. They never Mm -hmm. left. They counter the Farah. You're doing it. Why would we stop doing that, Right. right? It was just asinine. just absolutely ridiculous that there was no backup strategy Mm -hmm. they going into the last map they played it on everything Li Zhang tower control center um like literally everywhere it doesn't matter how bad it historically is it doesn't matter anything they're just like nope this was right right it's this has never been true there's no indication that this should be true 
every theory crafting you could possibly do tells you Farah's this is this ain't it chief like right. this isn't the patch for her next patch is live server patch I could see that being a viable strategy because they really are doing a lot to nerf the hit scans and they're adding damage fall off to Widowmaker and mm -hmm. all these things, right? Why are they doing those things, Dream? Why are they doing those things, Harsha? Because the hit scan heroes are overpowered. So you, you just literally three-headed your way into being beaten by the worst team in the Overwatch League. Um, you, you all should be fired. Literally everybody in the coaching staff should just go. Um, and and you've got to rebuild again because like they just literally the worst coaching job I can remember seeing in, in Overwatch League. Mm -hmm. I, I can't even like sit there and blame the 0 and 40 Shanghai Dragons entirely on their coaching staff a little, but good portion of it was just the roster wasn't capable, right. et cetera, et cetera. There, this roster was absolutely capable of the task at hand. Yep. The fact that everybody loves to pick on the Houston Outlaws and everybody, nobody wants to give them credit. Nobody picks them in any pickems ever. Ninety-five percent of brackets were busted by this game. Yeah, less than five percent of people that filled out brackets in the in the game picked the Boston Uprising to beat the Houston Outlaws because that's how bad they were, and that is how bad of a coaching job they did. And then Dream gets on Twitter and says, Scrimbucks. Like, yeah. okay, cool. I, no, like, nobody cares. And he even prefaces yeah. it. Like, I know I, people hate when I, we use this, but like, we didn't. I, we, we lost once to a very good team. <laughs> that was it. And it's, it, it's you, you think maybe because they're like, we're not going to try to answer this Farah because it's the stupidest thing we've ever seen and we're never right. going to have to answer it. And if we do, we can just play one hit scan player and we'll have it completely right. shut down. Maybe that's what happened. Like, there's no reason well, for you to be trying to run Farah that often. The, here's here's oh, what I think happened. Uh, they were, you know, and I think rightly so, going through, hey, what can we play to spice things up, right? Because it, it, it's not, you know, they're not, they are obviously practicing for Boston, but they're also going to be scrimming and practicing for past Boston, right? Because, you know, like you said, 95% of people pick Houston in this match. It's as close to a gimme as possible, or it should be, right? So how what what strat can we come up with that's not necessarily on meta, which we've talked about. What's the Hail Mary that you can throw? What's sure. this? Okay, so trying to find it. This is what happened because you say it's never worked in the history of overwatch. The only times I can ever think of it working is when a team was just markedly and very much so better at the game than the other team. And the, the Farah mercy was just better than the, the hit scan, right? Like if you have a grandmasters player playing against, you know, plat DPS, sure. That can happen. And we've seen like NYXL at times has like flexed on teams with the Farah when it wasn't good, right? And they still won because it just sure. didn't matter. So what probably happened and what is where Dream is just so wrongly trying to defend him. I mean, it's right for him because he might as well try to defend himself because he should and lose his job, right? I don't even think it was like I'm trying to defend ourselves or anything well, like that. I just think I it's mean, like... I know you guys are mad, but like, this is why we did it. Right. Like I, not even like justification, more like explanation. That's at least how it read to me. Yeah. Cause like he was very conciliatory. Like we, we yeah, that was bad. We screwed up. Not right. like, Oh, we just played poorly or something like that. He wasn't 
defending the strategy he's like listen this is why we landed on it because it just worked but for us for a he, while and i get that but yeah I'm sorry, here, here here's the thing like if you're playing against teams that are worse than you which i'm assuming like they're not scrimming against overwatch league teams right they're scrimming against i'm sure they are oh, okay well maybe may, I, would, I, would I i don't know how scr how the scrimming works but if you're playing like two things you're either playing against a team that is much that you are just better than and skilled than so like yeah, if the Farah goes unanswered, like it can be good, right? Like we we know that. And like so uh if you have teams that even if they are good teams, um if they're not ready for it, it can catch them off guard. But a good team or even just a, apparently not even a good team, the Boston Uprising just knows it's it's like one of the basic things in Overwatch. It's like one of the first things you learn when you understand the game even a little bit. Hey, Team pick Farah, go Soldier 76, go Ash, go Widowmaker. Shoot the flying thing out of the air with the gun that will put a bullet where you put your cursor, right? Like that, that, and then like, oh, they went Winston, go Reaper. Those are like the two like most basic things that you learn about Overwatch the game. Not even like strategy or anything. Like very basic, like rock, beats, scissors. It's not hard. So I, I kind of get the like, oh, well, we were we were throwing rock and they had paper, but we oh, I wow. I just I just swore. You did. Wow. You did. Like a, that, a real swear that you actually have to go in and I have to go and edit out. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's like the I don't know if I've ever you done it. Swore. In, you swore. I know. Not even me. In that's 200 plus episodes i think that's the first time that i have i think you in the early days did a couple of I times did. but I had, a, I had some issues but that was like years ago wow <laughs> i'm fall, i'm falling apart here talking about shame a team up. i don't even care about yeah i know right shame shame i don't even care shame. about this but you i completely lost my train of thought too no so the, basically what it boils down to is you tried something that was against the grain and you like you go into it. You know, it's bad. You have to. Right. There's no way you can ask any Overwatch player who has any sort of like understanding platinum. Up. up. Sure. And he's <laughs> even gold. You can even get in like that has any sort of understanding of the game at all. And no, this is a bad idea. So and, and you can go against that. Right. You can find ways to 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 go. But like, you know, it. it it's a bad idea, right? So if it works in scrims, you have to think, why is this working? And I don't think that that level ever happened because it's like, oh, well, we're winning in scrims. Therefore, let's just do it. Let's rock it. Let's keep doing it. And, and we keep catching people off guard and like we can do it. But like and in their defense, they're not the only team that saw an opportunity to play some Farah here. There's other teams that did it. There's other teams that did it well. They picked their spots yeah. and they used it where it was appropriate right. and where the map allowed and where the map was friendly. And listen, we, we, we've talked a lot in other times, this team, other teams, we believe it to be true. There's always the parallel universe where it works and you're a genius, et cetera, et cetera. So we don't have problems with teams tr coming out with a pocket strategy. Right. Hey, maybe they, maybe they can't make their hit scan work, or maybe we think hydration's just better than jerry and he'll be able right. to shut him down and get mm -hmm. in his face i don't mind if they make that read going into the match i mind that at the end of it in map four when you're like this isn't working this can't work like you're losing to boston 
they just rolled it out again yeah. and continued to get stomped. There was no backup plan. Yeah. That's truly the problem, the, mm. the actual issue. It's not, hey, we thought Pharaoh was, was the call or something like that. Like You're going to be wrong sometimes. You're going to be right sometimes. That's true for right. everybody. That's true for Krusty. That's true for literally every coach in the league. Um, the, the issue is, is that you were so ill-prepared, that your game plan was so shallow that you completely put all your eggs in the in in the one basket and that basket is the easiest thing to counter in overwatch that basket is flying above head yeah Um, shot down it's honestly they should really just be embarrassed at at the the performance from the the coaching staff um there's not there's not too much else for it and and honestly i think both of them are gonna really uh you know there's more than just dream and and harsha but harsha is the head coach so he gets the primary criticism right um and then dream is the most vocal of all of them Mm -hmm. uh on social media so he he kind of a little bit like holds the banner um in in its own way but i i would think that literally that was so bad i i think they have trouble finding work in the overwatch league after that performance um we'll see if the team is willing to cut bait after one season with with them as their coach but um the gm that hired them is gone so i can't imagine there's baked in loyalties or anything like that i really don't know outside of this kind of complete collapse and and misfire of a performance i think they would have just been guaranteed the the second year but um yeah I i don't know that was brutal yeah i mean just really bad mismanaged and like i mean that i mean you talked about it and like yes there's always like for, in your defense, that you keep it as even keeled when talking about Houston as you you actually go over the you go too far over sometimes to like not go super hard towards Houston. Like they had they had to, you know they had some good looks here. They could have they could have made a, a a decent little run. I mean it, they should have beat Boston and then they end up playing you know they play against Rain. They're not fa- I mean they're not favored the rest of the tournament right. But like. You know, they they make a, a little run that uh, I don't know. It's it's sad, honestly. But in, in my bracket, I had them getting the three wins, right? I actually had them beating like the Gladiators in the the lower right. bracket, which the performance they put out. I mean, I didn't know Bird Ring was going to be sick and literally have to be like carried away from his computer, et cetera, et cetera. But like, yeah. I mean, the Gladiators got blown out in that spot in the bracket where I I had Houston making it to. It was by Florida, which is a much better team. But still, you could see, like, there was an opening, not to be crazy, but, I mean, mean, let's rip the Band-Aid off. I've got Washington leaving in their first game of this upcoming weekend. And, like... Every, but there's so much positivity. There's so much hype around them right, right now because the story nobody right expected now. them to be alive going into this weekend. Mm-hmm. And you, that could have been you. And even though at the end of the day, getting knocked out in the second week of the playoffs isn't actually much more beneficial than being knocked out when, when Houston got knocked out. Right. It just it changes the narrative. It gives your fans that little something, yeah. or it's, et cetera. It, it would have been builds the resume very very positive for yeah. the franchise as a whole and they just punted it yep well that's uh that is what it is and that is the the end of the season for the houston outlaws and uh we'll of course be following them in the Go future Bills. but <laughs> yeah death is death has moved on to to uh i would say greener pastures but you know houston green so i guess less green pastures i don't know um okay 
We're not going to spend that much time on every match. Don't worry. We're not going to be here for five hours. Uh, up next in this first round, we had Washington Justice take uh, on Vancouver Titans three to zero. Do we want to talk? Th- do we want to like pause on each match or do we want to just re- rip through the um, bracket and then stop on a, and then just rip back? through the bracket? Okay. We'll stop. And go back. So that was, that was round one. Um, and then moving on to round two, we had LA gladiators winning three to two versus Toronto defiant Atlanta rain beating the Boston uprising three, one, and then Washington justice winning three to zero versus the Dallas fuel. We move on to the third round. We're now starting now we're uh every team is now in at this point. And it's a true bracket now as yes. well. No more picks, anything. No, like no more picks, just uh straight up double elim bracket from here on out. Uh Philly Fusion beats the LA Gladiators three to zero. LA Valiant beats the Florida Mayhem three to two. Shock beats the Washington Justice three to two. Atlanta Rain beats the Paris Eternal three to two. So unlike some of the other weeks we've had death, there's a lot of three twos here and not as much uh, three overwatch, which is nice. Um, yeah. And we also very high compete level for the playoffs. Yeah. Great which is, see. which is, which is awesome to see. And then of course, as I say that we move on to the losers bracket where Florida mayhem beat the LA gladiators three to zero and Washington justice beat the Paris eternal three to zero. And then we played one, uh, more winners side round here where Philly fusion, uh, bumped down the LA valiant three to zero and San Francisco shock bumped the rain down, uh, with a three to one victory. So we have, uh, for this week, we're going to be having in the only two winners remaining the one and two seeds, uh, not so coincidentally enough, Philly fusion and San Francisco shock. And then on the lower, Bracket, we have Atlanta Rain versus Florida Mayhem and L.A. Valiant versus the Washington Justice. Uh, Death, I mean, we we talked about it before and we've been talking about it ever since uh, uh, Decay got uh, signed. Shame. Uh, Washington Justice are making a little bit of a run, you know, controversy or not. They're they're putting up some results here. Yeah, um, ironically, the justice uh, scumbagging their way into relevancy in the playoffs is is definitely a thing. Um, They're an interesting case, and if you remove yourself from the dislike of that situation, if you share it, and to be honest, I don't know anybody that's like, oh, yeah, that's great, right? There's just people that are like, I just don't care that much. Yeah, yeah, it was scummy, it was shady or whatever, but like, whatever, let's just play Overwatch. Right, which Um, I can can at least understand that kind of get it i don't know if you if you think it's scummy then why are you letting your sports leagues get away with doing it that's why they keep doing it um but nonetheless um they are making a run and they're kind of doing things a little bit differently than everybody else is like Mm nobody is really playing their composition they're going with the zarya roadhog most teams are opting for the diva roadhog Mm -hmm. or they're opting for the dive composition that Mm -hmm. uh we talked a lot about last week with frito um notably i think it's telling 
that the best teams are the ones that are trying to do the dive, at least from my um, observations thus far. And again, I did miss a, a couple of these. I'm still going back and watching some matches with everything going on this weekend. Um, but you've got teams like Philly hasn't dropped a map yet. They seem to really be, be leaning on the dive style. Mm-hmm. Um, Shanghai, from what I've seen, seems to be really all about it. I believe Seoul is as well, although I've got a big circle around Seoul. I haven't seen any of their matches. They were mm-hmm. like just in three O's all weekend. And, and like, so I, they weren't high on my list because they weren't highly competitive, but I do really, really want to see what's going on there. Uh, We'll get to that bracket more in a little bit. Um, But Washington is, they're playing the comp like a competitive mode composition um, that everybody's seeing on ladder right now. They're just doing it with the Zarya. It really fits them with decay. Uh, It allows them to bench roar um, who, really needed to be benched all year um it's funny like their other tank option was was again stuck in visa hell but he had been for a year and a half two right. years or whatever it was um so they had infinity opportunities to bring him in and now they just managed to pull it off by oh we just won't play a main tank like they really backward backed in lucked them yeah. their way into um being able to field a, a much better um roster uh in this instance and and also you you have to shout out what stitch was able to do mm-hmm. uh this weekend he absolutely popped off um now i don't really think they've faced stiff competition yet if i'm being perfectly honest with you like let's look through their bracket and bear with me i know they paris is on the list i didn't forget um but you, you've got the vancouver titans they 3-0'd and there's not much of a competition there right we yeah. we all know the problems that the vancouver titans have they're a shell of what they once were um so no no surprises there i i pretty sure most people picked it that way yeah. um then you've got them going into dallas to a shell of what they once were yeah. right like the the piece they were they revolved around switched to the other side of the um right. stage and shout outs to crimzo for the tweet like he didn't say anything wrong he didn't do anything right he got a lot of a lot of publicity and a lot of attention um but he just said like losing to a guy that held your team hostage for two months really hits different or something like that yeah. like in, in his, in his tweet and um, gives you some insight that he really, it really does seem like decay just like up and decided like, I'm not doing this anymore. And like, just really like yeah. uh, to me, it's just childish. It's obnoxious. Like you're a professional at something, shut up, show up and do your job. Um, right. And he just decided not to do that. And it really, it sparked a conversation about, um, how the the balance of power is so drastically in the players' favor. The way these contracts are structured, the teams have no uh, ability to do anything. And and I think it's so funny because we've had the conversations about what happened with with Crystal and the the, the lawsuit with Hang Zhao. And right. um, I, I got blasted for taking the side of the organization right. in, in Discord and stuff like that. And it's oh look, some people that have had a peek behind the curtains think that the, it's it's probably like the orgs need help. They need right. to to be able to do something but when they sue a player i mean it's just it's it's wrong like you just can't do yeah. that but it's you know seemingly people in the know um tend to think the the balance of power is way too too much in the player's side and that makes sense right like where is sure for uh for toronto right. mm-hmm. like what is what's going on there right like if you don't think he's retiring you're not paying attention um you know and and you've seen it with decay we've seen it with really all of vancouver too to an extent like i get it you you didn't you didn't like that they kept moving you but like you signed a contract to play for the team to me at the end of the day 
okay, I'm never signing for you again. I'm never playing for you again, but I'm also not striking or whatever that i don't right. know it is what it is we don't need to, to rehash ancient history here um but and you move through the bracket here for the justice and now you've got them playing against the paris eternal in the losers bracket they did play really really well against san francisco yeah although san francisco just seemed a little bit lost and again this is to me a little bit the Chengdu effect right like right. nobody was practicing against what the justice yep. were doing because only the justice were doing it and it took san francisco some time to figure it out and um you know, get the counter for it. And then when they did, they, they reverse swept, ran the table first reverse sweep in franchise history, by the way, um, ironic wow. to, to, you'd think that the well, best that, team would have more of those, but at but the same time, sense, cause they're not down. down 02, 02, yeah. Less. yeah. 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 Um, so, and really they've either been the best in the league or bottom three and bottom right. three is not going to pull off reverse sweeps right. too often. So yeah, makes it makes sense. sense, but still surprised to yeah. me, um, to, to hear that stat rattled off. So, um they did obviously have a very tough match there played well so a lot, a lot of credit to them for that but if you remember last week blevins you remember i had an arrow up and an arrow down who my arrow down was your arrow down was florida they no. were the arrow up uh, oh they're the arrow, the arrow up was, i knew they were the part arrow of down it. was paris yes um, yes and just the like they needed to do things with their tanks that and their tanks are like maybe the least flexible tanks in the league mm-hmm. and so it just really didn't work out for them um i also was pleasantly surprised at the beginning that they were like playing sparkle on a role that he normally wouldn't have right mm-hmm. like he was on the sombra usually that would have been soon but it's playoffs time and that's the time when you play your best players yep. and you just need to roll out sparkle and Exy. and while they didn't quite do that it was like sparkle and nico and then and that to me was a really big part of the problem um was you just aces in your places like this is it this yeah. is the show um we've seen teams get a lot of value out of using their bench depth throughout the season because then when you need them now they're better than they were. Right. I'm looking at you, Hisu. You were bad in the beginning of the year. It was a head scratcher that you were being played. And the coaching staff used you. They got you better. You could see the improvement in his game throughout the course of the season. And now we get to a situation where we want Ash and Widowmaker and Tracer all on the stage at the same time, or in Sombra all on the stage yeah. at the same time. And you get to play Carpe and Hisu, and they're both playing really, really well. And that's a beautiful example of a coaching staff using their pieces improving yep. over the course of the season even though we're calling it out and we're, we're what are you playing him for throughout the season you get to see it when it works you get right. to see it the right true the, five head. The, the coaching staff actually brought out the best in the players and coached them up and and so great job there um but yeah that's something that maybe like it works when the players have a ceiling that you can reach that's acceptable right. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not sure soon and Nico really have that ceiling. And so I think they were just ill-equipped for this, this meta um, with the amount of flexibility that you really did need uh, in your roster, in your tank line. And um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a, a pretty big factor in, in why it was like three Oh for the justice. Mm-hmm. They had like their own way. They were doing well, you know, they were, they were feeling it. They were on a roll and they hit a team that was, on the struggle bus and just having yeah. having a rough time so we will see i mean the valiant are far from an unbeatable foe uh but they were able to take down the florida mayhem um so there's something going on there right they're they're clearly doing pretty good uh, i need to, to watch the valiant versus florida game a little more closely it was like on while i was heavily distracted mm-hmm. um but yeah I, this, the justice there's no denying how you know 
how strong they look in this meta game. Um, I like that they have a slightly different take on it. Uh, my heart goes out to you, Dallas Fuel fans, because I can't imagine what that would be like to watch that rule that was added in for COVID yep. be be taken advantage of and, and you to have the player that was bad enough you lost them and your team was doomed but then to ha- to get knocked out by them like Crimzo said just hit, right. it hits different it, yeah and um, to have so, it him like take your team down beforehand too right like yeah yeah and then like the news comes out that he was just he was really just disrupt disruptive and and harmful to the team environment and like it really goes a long way to explain why dallas was so up and down throughout the year um right so yeah i don't know expecting dallas to be full western next year but we shall see um yeah yeah i don't know so props to the justice enjoy it while it lasts i can't imagine you get the salty run back against the the shock i it's probably a coin flip against the Valiant here coming up, but we'll we'll pick our way through the brackets here in a in a minute. Um, but yeah, they're definitely a team doing things different, doing yeah. things well at the moment, um, and they're the the spicy underdog story that I think a lot of people were hoping would come up mm-hmm. in this playoffs. It's really just a shame that it was the dirtbags that manipulated the rule that <laughs> that are doing it because it it takes something instead of being just all fun and all great. And you know what I mean? Like it just would have all been positive um, and and proven that they should have opened it up to everybody with the weird season, et cetera, et cetera. And it's it's just not that right. It's, it's, it's just slightly different and it's cheapened and it's uh, it's worse now as a result. But um, yeah, credit, credit for where it's due. I mean, the, the coaches, the coaching staff, the players, those guys are all immune to my feelings, right? Like I'm not, not that they care or I'm saying they care, but like what I say negative things about the justice, it's not about the coaches. It's not about the players. They didn't make the decision to bring them in. They're just making do with what they have. And um, the the players and the coaches are stepping up and figuring it out and, and putting it together a bit. So credit where it's due. Um, the players and the coaches staff for the, the justice are, are putting on a show. Right. It's not just, uh, you know, having, having the player or, you know, you, you can have all the pieces in in line, but you actually have to execute, which is, you know, again, credit where credit's due. It's, it's good to see that that's happening. Um, you know, regardless of what you think. So, and Hey, a heel is fun. I'm enjoying it. I hate that. I'm I'm looking forward to watching him get knocked out and that I'm looking forward to overwatch matches. Mm -hmm. So I guess at the end of the day, a bad guy isn't maybe the the worst thing in the world, but yeah, big, sorry to Dallas fans. That's right. Which is certainly something I didn't think we would be saying on the show. But um, who do you want to talk about here in the NA bracket? Ah, oh, man. I mean, the, for me, it's really like the only other match that was really—it's not even a thonker, but just like I think a you know a, a pretty big upset is that LA Valiant versus the Florida Mayhem. Um, and it's, it's really interesting because, um, LA, you know, gets, gets the nail biter against Florida wins three to two, which I mean, again, it's super close match. And then LA just gets dumpstered by Philly three zero. Um, and then Florida wins three zero in the losers bracket versus the gladiators. So it's like, man, I kind like, I kind of want to see that matchup again, honestly, like, and it's it's 
honestly, it's probably favored to happen here, right? Like it would be Florida over Atlanta and then LA over uh, Washington. And we get that matchup again. I mean, I don't know. I think, what most do you... people, I think most people will be picking the justice, uh, recency bias, et cetera, sure, et cetera. Sure. Also, they just do look strong, right? Yeah. So teams have to figure them out. But now there's, uh, you know, all this tape, right? How many matches did the justice play? One, two, three, four. Uh, there's four matches worth of tape on them running right. this, this composition for yeah, teams and a to week sit to down, train on it, right? analyze, break down, find an opponent that can run what they're running and scrim against it. And the other overwatch league teams, I would hope at least the ones with good environments are stepping up and doing that. You know, you, you do that for other teams when you're out. So that way, when you're in, there's teams out there willing to to step up and do it for you. Um, So hopefully that's the case, but also with everything bracketed, right. You can just schedule your scrim blocks with the other side of the bracket as well, but it's harder to get them to play what you need to play against. Uh, But I think the time to to sit down and break it down gives the, the Valiant quite a, um, an ability to level the playing field in this fight. And mm-hmm. when you look at, you know, Florida getting, or I'm sorry, uh, what am I, yeah, Florida, you know, three owing the, the gladiators and um, the, the valiant they played against what happened with Paris and one of these teams. Oh, never mind. I was look kind of Paris. looking ahead at Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, or yeah, that's on the other side of the bracket. You know, you, you got Atlanta, like in the knockdown drag out five map brawl against mm-hmm. Paris, who was, kind of bad right like it's easy to see a way um where the atlanta rain just don't quite have it in them and um aren't able to to take down a team like florida Mm -hmm. who personally i think the meta should fit them pretty well but i'm not as confident in what they were doing i think they might have been showing like multiple looks i know they swapped around bqb and uh yaki in their roles and they're putting yaki on sombra i think for a, a later match against the gladiators and um so they florida's still figuring out how they want to play things mm-hmm. and um it's going to be really interesting to see what they're able to do um on paper to me the meta favors them right because there's so much ash there's so much sombra you know i think tracer's an option and um i i think too there's a chance the meta changes kind of significantly and moves more towards the dive compositions like i said the the better teams seem to be playing that it does take a lot of coordination to beat the roadhog uh based compositions Mm -hmm. that way so, you know, the Justice don't have that luxury to make that switch, for example, and maybe the Valiant don't either. But I think a team like Florida can definitely double down uh, and commit on that strategy. Though I, I think they were running it a, a decent amount as mm-hmm. well. Um, and I also think instead of it being like Sombra and Reaper as the, the composition in this dive, like if, if the Roadhog starts to leave the meta, does the Reaper become Tracer? Because if it does, that just falls right into the hands of the florida mayhem even more right um and it just puts them exactly where they want to be instead of something that theoretically should should be decent for them mm-hmm. um but I've, I've talked a lot about the the awkward hero pools that their dps players have i, I they're great players i love them they you know they're they're phenomenal talents but they're a little bit like bqb's a little bit locked in on, mm-hmm. on a couple of heroes he can play um and you know, Yaki's a little bit more spread out all over the place, but he like crosses over into flex DPS territory. They don't have another hit scan or, you know what I mean? Like they mm. just, it's just hard to, to make the pairing work sometimes. Yeah. And it's hard to line games. it up right the way that you want it but to. I, 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 when I look at what's being played, I, I feel like they shouldn't have that problem. I feel like 
every Overwatch League level DPS player can pick up the the, the Reaper and play it fine and, and do well for you there. Um, and so as long as Yaki's right at home inside his hero pool or BQB's right in, right at home inside his hero pool, it, it should work for him. But obviously it didn't work to you know their wildest expectations with the loss to the Valiant. But um, we'll see. I, I think that's a team that's well-coached, well-positioned, and uh, it's got a really solid roster across the board. So there's a good chance they get things figured out and, and are able to, to try to complete this run uh, because the Shock yeah. look, look beatable. Um, so I, I think what we're probably looking at, I mean, let's just kind of I'll lay out there my bracket the rest yeah. of the way. There's not a ton of games here. Yep. Um, I've got Diffusion beating the Shock. They're not going to continue 3-0 all the way through the through the bracket, I don't think, but I they're untouched right now. I, yeah. I, I don't know how you pick San Francisco to win that game after watching them all play mm-hmm. this weekend. Um, so let's pencil Fusion into the, the finals here. Yep. Um, and then... Looking down at the losers, bro. Okay, so that moves shock down, and then so they go there. All right, so then yeah. we've got the losers bracket games. I'll take Florida. Um, I'll take the rematch that you yeah. want. I'll, I'll take Florida winning. I'll take the Valiant winning, mm-hmm. um, and then I'll take Florida coming out of that. So we're talking about Florida versus San, San Francisco, Francisco for yep. the last spot on the on the plane to Asia to to play out. Um, it's it's got to be shock, right? I was like gonna it's, say it's it is a ballsy pick to not pick San Francisco there, but I I can absolutely envision the world where that happens, yeah. Um, because I do think there's more to it's something I've brought up in the past, but I really think letting Architect go was a mistake for this team because now there there are DPS issues, you know, despite yeah. how talented everybody is and how many they have that are really talented. There's narrow hero pools there. There's things now that they, so they, I mean, Rascal's good and all, and there's a lot of heroes he excels in, but it's, he's fallible. He's not right. an MVP. He's not profit. He's not one of those guys. Um, he just picks up the weird and the brand new at a level that nobody else does, right? Like he gets to pro level baptiste before anybody else it doesn't matter what role it is he's just he's the guy that his understanding of the game must just be so you know so complete that he he can can... just figure out how to make these things work yeah but he doesn't necessarily play all of them at the absolute a1 uh, elite level and um so I give Krusty's more than earned the benefit of the doubt that he'll get this team figured out playing well. Um, we saw them have a pretty massive turnaround in the matchup versus Washington. So, uh, you know, we've seen it on the short term. We've certainly seen it on the long term, him turn this team around. Yeah. Um, I, I assume he will, uh, and they'll be on the trip. So yeah, we'll, the, that, I don't know anything you want to change there. I think we might actually be in agreement. Yeah. It's, it's tough to, I mean, I, Part of me wants to see the rematch between Florida and LA because I feel like that's the like that's like the biggest single match that's happened so far that was like entertainment factor. Right. But also like, you know, again, taking out the the whole decay thing. Shame. Uh like the Washington story is pretty compelling and seeing them make a run and continue a run would be interesting and would be fun to watch. It also gives us a very clear uh team to root against. <laughs> So like I could, I mean, 
again, taking taking all the drama out of it, like I could certainly see them continuing that run. I agree with everything that you said. Like the surprise factor. Yeah. I think the Valiant are a much better, more complete team. All sure. that goes up. It, it's very it's a very close match. It, yeah. it really is because Washington is that good and being able to play against other teams that don't play that comp as well, just to be comfortable against it doesn't always prepare you for the team that's well-oiled and been scrimming it for a month. And, you know, is doing it, doing it the right way. Yeah. It doesn't always prepare you and get you ready. So you're absolutely right to call that out is like, I, I hope it didn't sound like I was just like, Oh, this is happening. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You guys are crazy for picking it. No, it's, it's absolutely like, yeah. a coin flippable kind of a match but pretty I, much every match from here on out is gonna be like you can make a really good argument for either side of it i think yeah um, unless the unless philly gets into the lower bracket then they'll clean right. up and run run the table through it but. right so i think if philly wins against san francisco it's going to be philly and probably san francisco again going to asia but if san francisco oh no actually no i guess if san francisco man it or if philly wins i think it, it could possibly be san francisco it could be another team if philly loses then it's going to be philly and san francisco i i agree with that but yeah. yeah i think we're pretty much in agreement so let's move on to the Asia bracket here, but first we will take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, we are back from the break, and that means Asia, re, Asia, Asia, blah, blah, blah. Asia Pacific. Re, you know, let's just start it over. Asia Pacific. Yeah. <laughs> now we're actually back from break. Asia Pacific region playoffs. Uh, let's talk about round one. So the first, only one, uh, round one match. And that was Chengdu versus London. Chengdu takes that one down three to one. And why Why aren't you in chat? I know Finney, Finney, uh, (laughs) just, just didn't show up in, uh, in shame. Uh, going on to round two, NYXL takes out Chengdu three to two and Seoul wins three to zero versus Hong Zhao. We now have our four team Double elimination bracket set up for round number three. Shanghai beats NYXL three to one. Seoul wins three to zero versus Guangzhou. So those are the matches that happened. The matches we have for this week are going to be Shanghai versus Seoul in the winner's bracket. Guangzhou versus NY in the loser's bracket. And then it plays out accordingly there. Death, did you get to see too much of the uh, the Asia bracket? My VOD watching this week, as I said, was, right. was uh, significantly less. But thankfully, my insomnia was at its peak this weekend. <laughs> so I caught some of it for sure. Um, notably, I, I want to talk the most about that Shanghai versus New York matchup. And the reason I want to talk about it is because I think there's a really good chance we're going to see it again. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't see it again. Maybe in the, maybe in the, the app absolute final four here right um but that was three to one on the scoreboard it went to five maps they they drew a map in there and new york looked really really good to me now they won the the slobber knocker versus the Chengdu hunters that was close but there was a lot of reason to expect Chengdu to perform pretty well Mm -hmm. Uh, and i i think we saw that so props to Chengdu. they they gave it a run they they weren't able to get into the double limb portion of things which would have helped them tremendously yeah um but Seoul wasn't wasn't having it. Um, no, nope. they were they're on a tear. Um, 
that I really, really need to watch Soul versus Guangzhou because that to me is going to inform uh, a lot of what will be my actual picks that mm-hmm. I may or may not put on Twitter or whatever, right. but what I actually think will happen. But with what I have to go off of, I looking at the the way this is playing out you know we've got soul who again i believe is playing mostly the dive composition i believe that's what i saw from new york and shanghai the Mm -hmm. most as well um it it just seems to fit these teams what their rosters want to be doing and also i think it's the the best form of of um overwatch in this meta so I think those three teams are all really, really well equipped. Um, I'm terrified for Guangzhou, the fact that they just couldn't even compete with Seoul there. I mean, yeah. at least on the scoreboard, not all three O's are created equal. Right. Um, you know, that that really has me worried for them. And seeing how good New York looked and how flexible they were able to be within the confines of their roster um, and, and who was out there just had me really, really hopeful for them. I actually thought when I woke up and, and saw the end result for Shanghai versus New York, I thought it was 50, 50. And I thought it would read three to two, no matter which way it went. Right. And um, kind so of, it kind of did in a, in a way with the, with the drawn with map. the draw. Yeah. And in New York, I think really outperformed Shanghai on that drawn map. They just two CP, you know, it just doesn't always, it doesn't always work out. Um, so yeah, I mean, really good look from New York in the playoffs. I never said that before. Um, so True. that is a rare uh, thing to say. Yeah, that they seem to have stepped it up there. And um, if you can talk about, would you make that trade from being the season one team that was the favorites and so dominant into a, a disappointment uh, to being the team that clutches it up at the end, but maybe was a little more middle of the pack. Right. Um, and let's be honest, they probably wouldn't have been middle of the pack if they stayed in NA. Um, it, it really i think is is a trade that they would make and yeah. it's one this this team really desperately needs right because if this doesn't work right if they can't level up and make it into the final four they don't have to win the whole thing but like where do you go from there with all right. that talent you just cut it and start from scratch right. do you london yourself um Ugh. that's that's a tough commitment oh, to make God, but it, don't it even might have, say that but it might have been what they needed to do right if they were just like one and done and out before you know in the elimination rounds right. the, the play-ins that would have been a brutal brutal um blow for for new york and, yeah. and very awkward to to manage from there so they really need this they need the win versus guangzhou uh they uh, just kind of again there's four three matches to discuss here in, in this bracket yeah. so we'll just knock them out um I, i've got shanghai beating seoul yep. it's the, the stakes aren't high enough for shanghai to, to collapse on themselves um i've got new york beating guangzhou uh, again, I'm just really high in, in, on them and how they were able to look. If they can clean up some mistakes mm-hmm. and, and iron some things out, I think they're really, really high up there in uh, you know, the imaginary power rankings we don't put out. Um, so that leaves us Seoul versus New York for that last spot. Um, it's, it's hard to... It's hard to pick because I haven't seen much soul. Um, my gut says if this roster for soul is feeling it and playing well, they're probably gonna gonna get the win. But again, they, even with that, it's the same thing. But name two scarier rosters to be performing at their absolute best right. and out of tear, and, and it's hard to to get any scarier than the soul dynasty and, and the New York Excelsior with yeah. how much we've seen of them in the past and how confident you can be in their clutch ability there, maybe less so for New York, but especially on the soul side, you know, like 
prophet wakes up in the big moments and that's terrifying because he's so yep. good in the in the mundane moments too that it, you mm -hmm. know um, so I, i'll lean on soul there but again we're talking like 52 48 percent right. something like that like it's it's really really close um so yeah i think soul and shanghai are are my current favorites to to make it out here uh but new york absolutely has a massive massive window um what did you get to see from apac this week and and what are your thoughts i mean i know you your i know what your prediction would be right uh, for the entire bracket but well uh, yeah of course my prediction is going to be ny easily winning um it's but, not yeah and and not and and actually taking both spots somehow um yeah. due to technicality but no i think um well, here's, Jonak gets one spot for himself right and then pine gets the, the other one uh <laughs> yep uh stop living in the past man no he he gets <laughs> to just occupy a whole spot um, even though he's not on the team. Um, so I think NY, like, like you said, would you trade, um, the dominance of season one and then kind of petering out in the, the playoffs for, you know, the opportunity that you have now where NY was very good during the season. Obviously they're the, the, the number three rank in the, I mean, it's hard to compare the two regions, but I think most people would say the stronger region, at least, you know, um, you know, per capita of team, the stronger region, I would think. Um, or I would think most people would say at least. I'll uh, say at least almost definitely the most competitive region of the two. Right. Yeah. The lo the 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 um, the floor is much higher in uh, in the Asia in the APAC region than the NA region. That is un unarguably true. Um and I think going into the playoffs, I mean, we've already seen it, right? Like, you know, they had a really, a really close one against Chengdu and a really close one versus Shanghai. And like, yes, they lost three zero, but again, we already talked about how that was actually much closer than it was, but like Shanghai has been like dominant most of the season. So even putting up a performance like that, uh, is good. Um, and, what I like is like they actually have to play from behind, right? Like they got there because it's doubly limp. Like there's not ever really been, and I'm, again, I'm not counting the, the previous tournaments of the season. Those don't count for any sort of stakes in my mind. They've never had a tournament where it's double elim, where they like, you know, they get to have, they, they get to lose their one life and then come back with a vengeance. They've never had to do that. I mean, no team really has, right? So, you know, the hashtag choke for NY, like, maybe that would, maybe this was their choke already, but now they get to come back and we get to actually see what they're, what they're capable of. They they don't get they don't have to look at like oh well we didn't live up to expectation let's do it next year they now go oh we didn't live up to expectation let's get it in gear and win this thing now now of course every team has the ability to do that so it's not like NY is um you know somewhere necessarily different than the other teams but none of the other teams have really had the like oh you should have won a season, right? Like you were the favorite by a wide margin and you came up not only short, you didn't even make it to the finals. You didn't even get to play in your, I mean, not the player's hometown, but the team's hometown. Like 
season one was made for New York to win. Everyone knows that, and they blew it in the playoffs. They get to actually show whether or not they have that hunger, right? And and like you said, Death, what do you do from here? If if like NY loses like, you know, three to one to Guangzhou here, what do you do? I mean, it's really tough, but the more I've been thinking about it. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Mecco doesn't come back. Right. So your option is to like move on from other pieces. It's convenient to just throw it at the fault at the feet of the new guy. And I think there was definitely a downgrade with, you know, going from Mecco to Hotpa. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that. But um, but throwing it at anyone doesn't change the fact that you don't have a title. That's the thing. Right. And it doesn't it does it change it doesn't change enough to just keep recycling off tanks until you win. Like you're there there is your your players will degrade. I mean, no Overwatch player has been right. wall to wall from the you know the days of playing in ZP's basement and right. Alienware monthly melees right. to now. It's, who's still? Who's even still here? I was at say, that most level? of those probably, players are gone, or at least a lot probably of them are. Profit sure for with a foot out the door. Wow. Like they're, they're just, you <laughs> yeah, know, it's, he plays. There's, there's not much left from right. those days. So. um there is going to be a lot of turnover in Overwatch, and and there is, I think, more so than other esports. Granted, I'm I'm not super deep and following a, a ton of them, but um, you know, I, the Faker play. Everybody knows the Faker play that was forever ago, and that that guy's still around. I'm pretty yeah. sure, right? So like, he was there 15 is 15 when he won his first championship. And yeah, like, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I don't know how old he is. I now. think there'll be more turnover here than in than in other places, and um the window's been closing for New York for a season and a half now. Yeah. Uh, it's not opening. So you, you need to, mm-hmm. if you're not going to take advantage of it and do something now, um, a, a blow it up kind of a situation becomes almost the logical next step. And when you're yeah. third in the APAC region with the, the combined career record that all these players have and the organization has, it's, it's like crazy to think that you might do that, but I, I don't know that there would have been an alternative. Yeah, it, I mean, the choice is, do you start over and try to win a championship in, like, two or three years, or do you, like, just try to squeeze out? Cling to the last remaining threads of hope. Well, I mean, it, yeah, the problem is, is, like, the shocks of the world, the Shanghais of the world, the I mean, the Seoul dynasties of the world, like, they're not, like, they are, have all gone through some sort of, like, revitalization of some sort like they've gotten better in a lot of ways like I mean look at I mean it's hard to compare you know the first half of season one for San Francisco but even like just season one San Francisco in general even I mean between season one and season two and like they're not the same level of dominance that they were compared to everyone else at the end of season two but they're like you know they're still on top of the world in a lot of ways is some of the other teams got better. Philly got better. Some of these other teams have been able to compete against San Francisco. New York does not see, I mean, they've, they have some, you know, prospects and players that they've certainly been getting more out of. Um, But man, it is not going to be like you said, I think it is a blow it up. I mean, maybe you keep your new guys and like a Jonak maybe, but like, I think you got to go a whole new direction and that can, that's about as volatile as it can be, right? You have no idea how that team is going to perform. You have no, I mean, and and not to mention the fact that you like have to rebuild synergy, even if you have it on paper, it doesn't matter. Um, so like now is obviously the the time for NY 
I mean, I've talked about this in every playoffs, right? Like, as a team, like, it's it's where do they have it in them or not? Do they want to win it? Are they really driven to do it? Now is the time to do it. This is the best shot to do it. It's just whether or not they can perform and do it. So, I don't know. I mean, I obviously have faith in them because I am a diehard, die-in-the-wool. I have no choice. I'm wearing the hat, okay? Um, The alt-color hat that I waited in line for... <laughs> the alt color hat I waited in line for five hours to get. Um, I'm 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 sticking with the team, but I mean I would love so I mean to not to belabor the point that I've belabored for way too long already. I would absolutely love to see New York and Seoul go to Asia and play in the in the the grand finals. Um it's really hard to not pick Shanghai as one of those spots. But man, there are few rivalries that span back to season one that are as like heads up and crazy as, as soul versus New York. Yeah. Yeah. Profit (laughs) versus me. Uh, yeah. Soul versus New York. It's just iconic in my mind. It's been since since the very beginning, it's been like the iconic matchup. And they always those teams always play up against each other. It's all almost always a good match. I mean, recently maybe sometimes it wasn't, but like I'd love and to I, see. I it. do think it's enhanced by the the team that won season one, which was the year of the the Excelsior mm-hmm. that, that almost was in there. Now they're over here on the team that there's yeah. kind of been that symbolic rivalry with uh, in, yeah. a, in its own way um you know i i've never felt that rivalry personally myself but it, rivalries are felt by the fan bases and i'm just right. not in it so it, right. it it makes a lot of sense um so, but if it's put up and shut up time for new york blevins it's put up and sh- put up or shut up time for you yes if you if you take the five zero easiest of my life out of it, do you honestly have New York making it into the top two? Do you think they're the second best team in the APAC region? I think that they will beat Guangzhou, and I think that it will be a slobber knocker versus Seoul, but I think they can do it. If they have to play Shanghai again, it's certainly going to be tough. I think that they can honestly do it. They have the footage on Shanghai. If 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 Seoul wins and Seoul's actually on a tear, good for them. We have to play Shanghai. There's adjustments that can be made. They can. I mean, I'm trying to think. It was of, close enough. You can turn it for sure. It's tough. Uh, I I don't know if they're. I'd have to look, but I don't know a time that NY has lost to a team twice in a row. Actually, I do. That happened against. That happened last season against Atlanta, but it's very rare that it happens. So I, I think that they have a real, they actually have a legitimate shot of making it um, to the one more question for you. Let's say you're wrong and it's soul versus New York in the, in the second game of the, the weekend for them. And they lose as a fan of New York. Is that enough for you? Or are you looking for big changes? Are you looking for a shakeup? I want, it's tough because if they're making a if they're doing a blow up, it's like an inve- like as a fan, it's a huge investment of mm-hmm. like you have to just objectively go into the season 
not thinking that they're going to win, which is what then, London Spitfire. Yeah. And then you've got to ask yourself how many of them are going to be wearing Houston outlaws jerseys by the time the next season comes around. How many scumbag traders are going to go play for a mediocre team that loses to the Boston uprising in the first round? I don't know, but I hope you like the, uh, the bed that you made Mecco, you filthy trader. Um, I'm glad they lost. I forgot that. I wasn't even thinking about him being on the team. They got exactly what they deserved. Scum. Um, I'm not even. I can't do the shame bell because this is per, it's just me. There's no actual shame. It. It's just me. <laughs> There's nothing, here. There's nothing to be shameful. It's just me being upset about it. I so I don't want. I, I want them to to get the dub. Obviously, if they don't and they lose, I mean, if they lose to Guangzhou here. That's just, uh, to me, that's just as much of a disappointment. Well, it's not as much of a disappointment as season one, but it's, it's it's similar. Yeah. You got to, you got to capitalize on a team. You got to be the shark that smells blood in the water and puts this team down. If you want to be one of the better ones, it's another thing to lose to a hot team. It's another thing to lose to it, lose to a team that that looks like, looks like they've got a foot out the door and are on their way to just like, yeah, take themselves out of the playoffs as fast as possible. This is what I'll say. If they don't win now, like the running it back next season is not going to be a better shot. So I think if you want to put yourself in contention to win a championship, which in my and I believe yours too, death's opinion should be the ultimate goal for every single team to win a Overwatch League championship. Everything else before that or different than that is just a stepping stone towards the championship running it back with the same team is not going to give you a better shot than you do now, but blowing it up and having and and investing in a team that you just change everything about or change the change something about. And in two years, they're a contender. Maybe that's what needs to be done. I don't know. Maybe it's just pick up the best uh, Korean contenders team and just, work that into an over like sand down the edges the rough edges of what not being in the overwatch league would give to you and just run with that i don't know but i think if if they don't win it here they don't even they don't even make it to the finals they don't make it to the the final stage i think it it's a real discussion to to really make big changes going into next season all right so we're no matter what I think there's there's very few options here that lead us with a, a bad final four. I think that's my big oh, takeaway yeah. from this first weekend of the playoffs is that we we're very likely in for a treat mm-hmm. uh, when these guys get on on to maybe not land but on to close ping and right. we we the regions up with the top four. I, I think um, Washington and the Valiant are the two teams that stand out to me as would a little bit ruin the the experience um yeah. the rest of them even atlanta they kind of would but like they have an upward um ability to play potential. just on hype yeah. right like yeah they can just yeah. operate on pure hype and and uh energy and i think allow themselves to play at a level that other teams can't and we haven't seen it from them yet this year so i'm, I'm tempted to put them in that potential ruiners category mm-hmm. but Philly, San Francisco, uh, and Florida all are are very viable top four uh, contenders to yep. to go on. And then I think you know 
really all the remaining teams in APAC are just fine um, because there's a world where Guangzhou just had a bad day right. and they come back and they're fine. And they're, yep. they're, a, they're a top tier team. Um, I'm, I'm not selling on them yet. I'm very nervous. I never like to see a team. I don't, again, I didn't watch it, so I don't want to sit here and say they choked, but like, right. I, you know, a team that just bounces like that when they, they've got the two seed going into the playoffs and to, to get bodied by a five seed is, is a, a red flag to say the least. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I think we're really headed towards a, a really, really hype, really exciting uh, top four and in a year that, that really needs it, right? Yeah. So much went wrong. So much was out of, I mean, not, not that it was anybody's fault. Okay. Notwithstanding. Um, yeah, I was going to say some of it was. <laughs> some of it was, it was fault. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, I mean, it was just the circumstances of, being alive in the year 2020 that right. dictated a lot of the weirdness that we're, we're going through. And yeah, this, this season needs a, a great ending and I think we're on our way to it. And as long as Washington is just a flare up shame, I'm comparing him to herpes now, as long as it's just, <laughs> as long as it's just a quick little flare up yeah. uh, and, and there it can it's be not, treated. Right. Yeah. We can just, we could just take care of it and, and move on and, yeah. and pretend like it didn't happen. Um, I, I think as long as that's the case and as long as the Valiant don't spike it and then ruin a, ruin a really good matchup or two in the final four, mm-hmm. we're, we're in for a, a really good time here. Yeah, no, I, I agree as well. And I just, again, I'm, I'm just hoping, I mean, obviously I'm hoping NYXL wins the whole thing. So, um, that's all I care about, but, but outside of that, I hope um, Houston wins the whole thing, but we're not going to get what no filthy trader. Mecco deserves nothing but losses for the rest of his career. Um, I hope we have a competitive finals. That's what I want more, more so than anything else. So yeah, I do think that we're on track for that. And that is, uh, that's a good thing, but, all right, Death, we made it. We made it through. We've got our predictions. Um, we're pretty much in full agreement on the NA side, and then my NYXL bias bleeds entirely through on my side, but you've got a pretty good understanding of where we stand. <laughs> I'm not trying to deny your, it. it your biased opinion is very, very viable, though. Yeah, exactly. Your, your bias cool. didn't take you into uncharted waters, sure. um, but we just didn't ask you to read map scores because uh, that we, we've right. got two three years of evidence to yes. show that that's meaningless. <laughs> yeah, it, it certainly is. Um, but that's going to be it for this week. Death. We had a packed weekend of OWL playoffs and, uh, we've just got, uh, a, a handful more, we had a handful yep. more going into it. So that is going to be it. Anything else we want to touch on before we get going death? What else is there, Blevins? There's unless there. we unless we want to start the hour block of our first NFL podcast. No, the, the right co-host for that is in chat, not on the call right now. But uh, all right, well, chat and listeners at home, thank you for listening and watching. Of course, you can find everything that we do, High Noon Podcast. We're everywhere, everywhere you can find podcasts, and pretty much every um, non-Zoomer social media. I don't think we have. I don't know. Death, have you started a High Noon Podcast TikTok yet? I don't know. Um, I, I haven't. It had um, been so long since I used the TikTok that I made for me that like it actually is just gone, and now I'm like I'm not logged in on the app. It's weird. Wow, interesting. Banned. 
bad. We probably deserve it. Um, but Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all of that stuff. Uh, High Noon Podcast. Um, and then again, everywhere that you can find. Uh, everywhere they can find podcasts. Death, where can people find you on the internet when you're not here on the show? Deathblow TTV everywhere. Um, on Twitch, on Twitter, uh, and I don't, I don't really try not to use the internet otherwise. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I mean, that exists. Yes. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Blevins, and you can find both of us on the High Noon Podcast Discord, discord.me slash High Noon podcast but that is gonna be it for death law and blevins and remember it's high noon